At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the Greg Peterson experience right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. And we got a tremendous show for you. And for the first time in 23 years, Tom Brady is multiple games below 500. We've certainly got to talk about that, what we all got on Thursday Night Football. And there's something else with regards to a Thursday Night Football game that we got to touch upon as well. And we're going to be having ourselves an amazing guest list here tonight as joining me in about 15 minutes, Mark Zeno. He's one of the lead analysts over there at PicksWise. He does a great job taking a look at college football and the NFL we're going to be chatting with him about both of those. Get you guys some picks for the college football slate this weekend and also the NFL. So we're going to be doing that in 15 minutes. One of our good friends, Eli Hershkovich, over there at the lines, joins me in about 45 minutes. We'll give you a little bit of NFL there as well. And then our number two, a little bit more baseball-oriented as finally we're going to be getting world the World Series getting going been a long last few days without it, but it's going to be returning to our lives. So we're going to be talking about that with Justin Perry, who does great work over at Shot Quality Bets, along with Sean Zarillo in our number two. And on top of that, we've got a little bit of UFC as Spencer Kite. He is going to be joining me in our number three. Does a great job freelancing a little bit as a MMA writer, and he does most of his work currently for the UFC. So we're all locked. We're all loaded there. Unlike the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I'm certainly going to get to that in a second, but 
something that I do think is very important before I bring that up because no doubt Tom Brady going down, that is big. But anyone who took this Washington State versus Utah game is going to know exactly what I'm talking about here. Anyone that bets college sports, it is one of the most painful things that you can do betting on this pre-flop. And I do a lot of it when it comes to college basketball because unlike professional sports and college sports, you don't have a set injury report. And as a result, anyone that took Utah, as I do this right now, they're up 14-7 to in the third quarter. I'll keep you guys abreast as how this one goes along, but... There was no indication whatsoever that Kyle Rising was not going to be playing in this game. The Heisman hopeful quarterback going into this year, he obviously fell out a little bit when the team lost to Florida, but still, the starting quarterback for a top 15 team, he just inexplicably didn't play in this game. Anyone that is just, anyone that has a bet on this, you've got to be like, you got to be kidding me, and that certainly impacts things quite a bit. Hopefully, for those of you guys that took Utah and those of you guys that were expecting to have Cam Rising, that this is going to be pulled out for you. No offense to anyone that has watched it. It's eight. I'm not hoping that you lose your bet, but this is just bad luck right there because we see it time and time again in college sports, something that you always go through every single Saturday. That's probably something I'm going to bring up with Mark as well because he does a great job taking a look at college football, and it's just one of the most frustrating things that you can think of because we were dealing with this a little bit more with COVID pandemic when it came to other sports as well because I still remember in the NBA because typically you have an idea of whether or not a guy is going to play or not but because of everything that was happening with the pandemic in general you would have like Steph Curry get ruled out like 15 minutes before you do a good job handicapping a card you think you've got yourself a winner and then boom top player out 15 minutes before the game. Nothing you can do about it. You either have to try to like hedge out of it somehow, some way, perhaps put yourself at risk, or you have to just try to ride it out. There's really no correct way of going about it, in my opinion. So thoughts and prayers to anyone that has Utah. I am personally rooting for you. I took no position on this game personally, but I always think that that's very important to just reiterate. So I feel your pain there. So we'll try to get to the bottom of that. But with that said, I could try to get to the bottom of what the world is happening with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well as they lose the Baltimore Ravens by kind of 27 to 22. As for Tom Brady, I thought he was going to throw an interception in this game. Unfortunately, I wasn't not able to get that prop to go. But pretty much a lot of the other things I liked in this Ravens game, they do come to fruition. And you remember me coming on this show yesterday. I was telling you to keep an eye on Kenyon Drake, a touchdown and 62 yards on the ground. I feel good about that one. But for the Baltimore Ravens, they now move to 5-3. and three. And something that we've been trying to explore this season is who one of those other contenders are going to be. Because I feel like there's really a set three right now. The Philadelphia Eagles, the last undefeated team, the Buffalo Bills, and the Kansas City Chiefs. I feel like the Ravens could be that number four team because if you take a look at the three losses for the Ravens, they held a double-digit lead in every one of them. Problem has been, they've been sort of making like your buddy at the bar and have had a tough time closing out some of these games. But for Lamar Jackson, even though the numbers weren't necessarily overly spectacular, he didn't turn the ball over in this game. And he did a very solid job of having a little bit of faith in the ground game towards back half of this game now. They did lose Gus Johnson towards back half of it. He was dealing with an injury, which is why Drake was able to get a few more carries towards back half of this one. But for the Baltimore Ravens, very nice balanced attack for this team. The defense, they didn't do anything overly amazing, but three sacks, 
after they gave up those 10 points in the first quarter. They were able to hold it down, and I feel pretty bullish about the Baltimore Ravens right now as being one of those teams that they could rack the apple cart a little bit in the AFC. And bigger than that as well is if you're taking a look at some of these futures and if you're taking a look at just trying to get in on the Ravens in general, you probably want to do it right now because if you take a look at the remainder of the Ravens' schedule, there's probably not going to be a lot of losses for them moving forward. Now, the game that they're going to have against the Browns that is going to be happening in Week 16 that is going to be on the road, that's when Deshaun Watson is going to be back in fold. And Watson will have been back, and he will have gotten a little bit of a lather, a few games under his belt. So you do want to be donating that. But, I mean, their upcoming schedule is at the Saints by week the Panthers at the Jaguars, and then you've got the Broncos on the road against the Steelers before that contest. So the Ravens could be setting themselves up for a nice run as they take down the Buccaneers. And I know that there's been a lot of questions as to whether or not Tom Brady is going to be retiring or not. And I do think that he that he means what he says when he says that he's not going to be retiring until season's end. But let's call it what it is. It's the end for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Something I very very rarely do when it comes to these contests, whether it be the Circuit Millions or the Westgate Super Contest, both have relatively the same rules. If you take the Thursday night game, you got to file in all five of your picks. Typically, I've like, when I join these contests, one, maybe two weeks a year in which I do it. This was one of the weeks in which I did it. I just felt like the Baltimore Ravens were getting utterly disrespected by this line being a two-point underdog, even in some spots, a two-and-a-half-point underdog, when it was all said and done as an underdog, I took them in the contest. I personally took the money line as well when I saw that this was getting the plus money. I just felt like the Ravens, they are the better team right now for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's just all sorts of broken, and it's honestly not really Tom Brady. We can say what we will about Tom Brady looking thinner in his cheeks, and perhaps he's not eating, perhaps he's not practicing, and things of that nature. But, I mean, Tom Brady has thrown one interception in eight weeks Tom Brady is still doing a solid job of completing a lot of the passes. Now, it's not vintage Tom Brady, but if you take a look at the quarterbacks in the NFL, I would still have Tom Brady over over half of the guys that you're finding in this league. He's still doing a solid job of matriculating the ball down the field. The big issue is the play calling right now. For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the first quarter of that game against the Ravens, guess what they were doing? They were utilizing Leonard Fournette in something other than first down. They were keeping the Ravens guessing a little bit more. And what has been the issue for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is that from there, they go completely and utterly one-dimensional, and it happened once again tonight. Byron Leftwich is not drumming up very good plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and let's call it what it is. The skill guys around them have not given them a lot of help. There have been quite a few drop balls this season for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Look at what Mike Evans did against the Carolina Panthers a few days ago. That was not necessarily too terrific. They finally have Julio Jones out there on the field. He was able to get a touchdown late. So anyone that took it, that anytime touchdown, you were able to get there on that front. But with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, there's a lot going wrong for this team. And the defense, honestly, it's been able to do a solid job. They didn't have as great of a time tonight against the Baltimore Ravens. But I do think that there's a lot outside of Tom Brady that is going wrong for this team. And, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it looked like it was going to be a slam dunk that this team was going to be able to make the playoffs. The NFC South, though, right now, even with all the issues that they've got, who knows if the Buccaneers are going to be able to win that division because 
They are going to have themselves a relatively hefty schedule coming up. They have to play against a Rams team that they look a little bit lesser in than they did coming into the season, but the Seattle Seahawks, that looked like it was going to be pretty much a gimme towards the beginning part of the season. That's not going to be an easy one. They have to play at the Browns. I believe that by then, Deshaun Watson is going to be back in the fold. They've still got a game against the Saints, who has been really a kryptonite of Tom Brady ever since he's gotten to Tampa Bay. On the road against 49ers, Bengals at the Cardinals, which that could be a sneaky game. The Cardinals, or the Panthers, and the Falcons. So take a look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, and they're in relatively rough shape. I do not think that DraftKings has put back up their odds to win the division quite yet, just because they are coming off of this game. You were able to see them at a relatively hefty minus money price before, but I was saying a couple days ago, the New Orleans Saints, because prior to this game, they were finding themselves about 11-1 to to win this division. And for the Saints, it's been no good, very bad, and terrible for them to begin this season. They're right now half a game out of first place. If they're able to win on Sunday, they're going to be most likely tied with, with this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team for first place in the division, a sad and pathetic division. I was thinking that the AFC South was sort of going to be like utilize a college basketball reference, the 16 seed in the NFL that has to make it to the playoffs. Right now, it's really looking like it's going to be the NFC South. You remember when the Seahawks made it with a 7-9 record? I could very much see that being the case for this division as well. As it is just not looking too terrific in general, but that said, Clearly, Tom Brady, he is getting a little bit long in the tooth, and it's not just Tom Brady that's the issue for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. It's the folks that are calling the plays, and it's just a lot of the skill guys not helping him out as well. But here to help me out next is Mark Zeno. He does amazing work over there at PicksWise. He's one of their lead analysts, especially when it comes to college football. So we're going to be getting a little bit of NFL with them, and we're also going to be taking a look at what we're going to be getting on Saturday on the Great Iron next here on VSIN, the Sports Banking Network, as it is the Greg Peterson Experience. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. 
When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the sports betting network. The basketball season has tipped off, and now is the perfect time to grab your VSIM Pro Basketball Betting Guide with prep and analysis on all 30 teams. Our hoops experts, including the one and only John Von Tobel, provide strategy and advice as well as predictions for conference winners, win totals, playoff teams, and player awards. We also have five betting tips for beginning NBA bettors. Give yourself an edge this NBA season and get the VSIM NBA Betting Guide by becoming a VSIM Pro subscriber. Sign up now and purchase $99. You'll get access to everything that we do all the way through the Super Bowl. You're able to sign up at vsin.com slash subscribe. And we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on vsin, the Sports Betting Network. Great to be joined by Mark Zeno. Does absolutely amazing work over there at PicksWise. He's one of their main NFL and college football analysts. And it's always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Greg, always great to be with you, brother. Thanks for the time. Always great to have you on. And let's first things first, before we take a look at the games that we're going to be getting on Sunday in the NFL, take a look at Thursday Night Football as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they lose another one. And, man, this NFC South, for one, it just is looking like it's going to be a pretty bare conference this year. We remember when the Seahawks made the playoffs at 7-9. and We might be seeing that right now in the NFC South. But, I mean, just beyond that, Tom Brady, we all talk about how old he's getting, everything that's happening off the field. And I certainly feel like his play is diminished. But at the same time, guys around him are not helping him out as well on offense. Yeah, I mean, what's what's surprising is that Leonard Fournette has ended up on the back of a milk cart. Where has oh. he gone? There's absolutely no running game for this team at all, and I know they have had injuries to the offensive line, and they've had to make adjustments, but you can go beyond that and even look at it and say, really, is Todd Bowles the right guy for this job? I think it's fair to ask. I mean, the one main thing that's changed is the guy on the sidelines. If Bruce Arian steps down out of the front office and gets back on the sidelines, do things start to change? Who knows? Not that we're ever going to see that scenario. But beyond that, this is a Tampa Bay run defense as well that got gashed tonight by the Ravens on the ground. I mean, they could not stop anything the Ravens are doing in the run game, let alone stop Lamar Jackson. Yep, I'm right there with you because, I mean, Gus Johnson and Kenyon Drake, after Gus Johnson got banged up, I mean, they were able to rack up some yards. So that's not necessarily what you want to see there. And for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, now 3-5. First time Tom Brady's ever been multiple games below 500, which I find to be absolutely insane. And you know what else I find to be absolutely insane? The biggest underdog on the card right now is Aaron Rodgers. I never thought I'd be saying that, but right now the Packers are between 11 mostly 11-point underdogs, the 11 and a half. They're starting to dry up as I do this, but draw this game anywhere between 47 and 47 and a half. This is Packers team that they also 
look like they're having issues on offense. No question about it. These skill players may have not been there for Aaron Rodgers. I feel like this line has just went a little bit too steep, though. Yeah, I mean, look, the only thing that pops into your head for Buffalo, which the world is going to be on top of, is that, you know, they blew out the Pittsburgh Steelers 38-3. to Now, are the Packers as bad as the Steelers? No, probably not. But the Bills always have a blowout in their back pocket. Here's an interesting stat, though, just to note. The Bills are just 1-5 to the over this year. Wow. Uh, and one over that they hit was by a single point. I mean, just mathematically, guys, if you're laying 10.5, 11, 11 for it to go under is a really small window for them to get into. So the bottom line here is that unless the Bills score, you know, 35, 38 on their own, uh, that's the only way they're going to cover this game, and it's a 38-10 to 10 or 38-13 kind of final. But I'm with you. I mean, the look-ahead line in this game was 3.5 in favor of Buffalo, so you're getting better than a touchdown in value, at least perceived value from the beginning of the year. How do you just pass up Aaron Rodgers getting 11 points? Like, this is, you know, one of those eclipses that we never see that comes around every 400 years. It's Aaron <laughs> Rodgers getting 11 points in a football game in the NFL. It just doesn't happen. Too much for me to pass up. If I'm on the wrong side, I'll eat it and not worry about it, but I'm not giving away Aaron Rodgers plus 11. And to your point, Mark, this is the first time Aaron Rodgers has ever been a double-digit underdog. So I agree with you. I do think that it's a case where the Packers, they've been a nice fade for me the last few weeks. I think that this is now the buy point on them. And whether or not this is a buy point on this team, it's a little bit more questionable because we have seen the line go up a little bit with Miami. They were a three-point favorite. This is now up to a three-and-a-half, but I do think that it was big that Tua was able to get back out there on the field last week. Nothing bad happened, so... You're able to feel a little bit better about the self and see, man. For Detroit, they had opportunities last week. They just could not cash in for the life of them, and it feels like we've been doing the same song and dance with the Lions last two years. They've been getting close. They've got opportunities, and every time they put themselves in a position for success, they completely blow it. And we're seeing this total at 51 and a half with the way that this Lions defense has been playing. I think that might be a little bit lofty here just because I don't know if the Lions are going to be able to score enough. But with Miami, I think that week number two under Tua, this is where they get back to their old form like we saw at the beginning part of the season. Yeah, I mean, look, there's a couple of things here that'll make me wait until Sunday. One, this is Miami's been a very public bet this week. You're starting to see a lot of the public jump on them, so I'm always a little wary when that happens. But the other part of it, Greg, I need to know if Amon Ross St. Brown and DeAndre Swift are playing. If they are not, this is a punchless offense, and St. Brown is Jared Goff's security blanket. Whenever he's in the lineup, Jared Goff plays a lot better. If he's not going to be in the lineup as he's been out the past couple of weeks, then I really feel better about the Dolphins, and I'm with you. I think that they left a lot of points on the table on Sunday night against the Steelers. I think this offense will begin to be more productive with Tua back under center for his second full week of practice, sort of getting his legs back underneath him. I'm not worried about Miami being able to score points. This is a question of how much can Detroit score points at home. So, you know, dogs this year have been incredibly profitable, especially home dogs. We're going to have a little bit of weariness to it. I want to see what the starting lineups look like on Sunday, but I'll probably get to the window on Miami and lay the three and a half. Yep, I think that that's a good point that you bring up with Swift as well because we've seen this Lions offense fall really off a cliff the last few weeks. The first couple weeks of the season, even against a team like the Philadelphia Eagles, they were able to put up a whole bunch of points last few weeks. They just have not been able to do so. Now, he fumbled inside the five-yard line on Sunday. That had a lot to do with that as well, but that all goes into it as well. So I do think that it's a good point that you bring up to check 
out the injury report before you're firing on this one. This game, it feels like there's a few less question marks with it as you've got the Cowboys and the Chicago Bears. We saw the Prescott be able to return last week, ironically enough, against the Detroit Lions. And much like I do with MLB pitchers, when it comes to NFL quarterbacks, I want to see them get a week under their belt, see how they function. And I really like what I saw the Dallas Cowboys against the Lions. They didn't try to overcomplicate things. The Zeke Elliott injury, that is something to take note of. But still, with the... With the Dallas Cowboys, you're finding them between a 9 to a 9.5 point favorite. And with the Chicago Bears, they're riding high after that Monday night football game. But that also means short week for them. And it's just a Chicago Bears team that in general, I take a look at the talent and talent alone. They're bottom five team in the NFL for me. Yeah, and look, I have to be crazy to lay a big number this year in the NFL, right? As we mentioned, just dogs are covering so well. And dogs over a touchdown are closer to 70% this year with a lot of outright wins. All that considered, you have a Chicago Bears team situationally that is going back-to-back road games on a short week going on the road again, uh, and after feeling themselves and feeling really good about who they are uh, after a win last week, they're lined up to get smoked this week by Dallas in that defense, which, oh, by the way, Dallas' defense is a lot better than the Patriots. You add that in, remember back in week one where Chicago got a win you know, and they look like, oh, Justin Fields gets a win against the 49ers. And then what happened the very next week? They went out there and got soundly beat by the Packers 27-10. to 10. They lost by 17. So uh, this is a, a spot where I feel comfortable laying this number, 9 or 9.5. You know, 10 might be a little bit sketchy in case there's something in the back door that, you know, could be open late in this game. But Dallas's defense should do more than enough to keep Chicago under 14 points. I, You know, and, and if they get to – 21-24 in this game, I feel really good about the way this game could play out. Yep, and you bring up such a good point there with the Dallas defense because what I really like in this game beyond anything else is the under, I would argue that the most dominant unit I've seen in the NFL this year has been that defense of the Dallas Cowboys. They just completely bear down. Micah Parsons has been one of the most just generally good players in the NFL. And then I know you're out there in the great state of Georgia and intriguing game in this one with the Carolina Panthers on the road against the Falcons. Falcons are a two point or a four point favorite total on this game is 41. And with Atlanta, they have a chance to take sole possession of first place in the division. I never thought I'd be saying that. And for the Panthers, if they win, they're tied for first place as well. So a game with Playoff implications, dare I say. Where do you stand on this one? Because it's been a very strange year out there in the NFC South, and the Falcons have been a pleasant surprise thus far. They have been. And, you know, again, it's crazy. I, I kind of wish this game went the other way because I feel like the Falcons may be a little bit extra motivated knowing they could take sole possession of first place. However, remember, the Falcons started the season 6-0 and against the number. They finally got beat last week as Cincinnati drubbed them. Uh, but... All of a sudden, the Falcons get pivoted from, at times this year, a double-digit dog to a touchdown dog to a touchdown dog last week. All of a sudden, to laying four and a half. Bottom line is, is the Falcons have been a surprising team, but they're not four and a half points better than anybody in this league at this point in time. There's no reason they should be laying this number to anybody. You combine that with the Panthers, who pulled off an upset last week, and a Falcons secondary that is decimated with injuries right now. Starting quarterback A.J. Terrell didn't play Last week, while he got injured in, you know, a couple plays in and missed the rest of the game. Likely not going to play this week. Their other starting corner, Casey Hayward, is out. They have a ton of injuries in the secondary. I know it's P.J. Walker, 
but they can't stop anybody on defense. I'll take the four and a half Carolina clip. Yep, can't blame yep. you there. And coming up next, we're going to go from NFL to college football with Mark right here on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of the Greg Peterson Experience is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a fresher and simpler way to enjoy nicotine that's helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering you smoke free and spit free satisfaction. Zen understands that there isn't one right time to make a change and that. Everyone's on their own journey and everyone's timeline is just a little bit different, but when you feel like you're ready to take that first step forward towards change, Zen is going to be there for you. Check out Zen Nicotine Pouches at Zen.com. at ZYN.com. Warning, this is a product that contains nicotine and nicotine. It is an addictive chemical. As we're back here on the Greg Peters Experience on Visa and the Sports Bank Network, being rejoined by Mark Zeno, does great work over there at PixWise. I know that he is their main college football guy. And before we take a look at the games that we're going to be getting this weekend, just want to get some of your thoughts and maybe a tip or two on just gauging college football injuries because it really came into play in terms of the Utah versus Washington State game. Cam Rising, he is out of the fold. And I'll tell you right now, it's a line that really didn't move much throughout the week. Utah opened up right around about an 8, 8.5 or so point favorite. They closed right around 7.5. And... I mean, you best believe if everyone knew that Cam Rising was going to be out the fold, this game would not have closed at 7.5. And, and I think it's just one of the difficulties in general deal with college sports, not just college football, but for those that have had college baseball, that aspect, and my main thing in college basketball. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. There's no injury reports that need to be put out, so you got to kind of do a little bit of extra research and, and swim around. I mean, go back to last week when Oklahoma State played TCU. Spencer Sanders was questionable. Their starting center missed the week before. They had a wide receiver who was injured. He had really no idea who was going to play, particularly Spencer Sanders, until you got, you know, a couple of minutes before kickoff. So you just have to kind of really wait it out as much as possible. And in waiting it out, numbers change, lines move. And so there's a, a double-edged sword there. A lot of people will just stay away, but it requires a little bit more effort and research when it comes to college games without that bona fide injury report that you get through the NFL. Absolutely. And when it comes to this one, I'm not much of a country music fan, but I do like this one. The Florida Georgia line. Georgia is a 22 and a half point favorite total on this game. 56 and a half. When it comes to this game, you always want to take note that this is going to be on a neutral field. This is going to be at TIAA Bank Field. If I remember correctly, that's where the Jacksonville Jaguars play. So this is not going to be an on-campus game. That said, I take a look at this spot. Georgia should be able to win. They should be able to win relatively soundly. I just can't bring myself to lay 22 and a half points. I'm not sure if you're sort of in the same boat or if you think that this is going to be a little bit more of a dump trucking, but with Georgia, I feel like they should be able to win this game, but 22 and a half, it's just gotten up a little bit too high for me. I, I get it. Um, I'll do my best to convince you here. All right. simply, but the Gators defense, the Gators have only seen one defense this year that's remotely close to Georgia's, and that's Kentucky back in week two. What did Kentucky do? Limited Anthony Richardson to less than 200 yards passing and the Gators to 16 points. In fact, Richardson has only thrown for more than 200 yards in just two games this season. This won't be number three. I can guarantee you that much. The Georgia offense is locked and loaded. I think Kirby Smart, after a couple of lackluster performances against Kent State and Missouri, realized, look, we got to go back to our bread and butter, and that's running the football. They're going to do that really, really well in this game. But here's kind of the key number, because this total and this line are 100% correlated. It's a really tight window for UGA to get in and cover this number 
uh, and still keep the game under. So the magic number for Florida is 17. If they get to 17, this thing's going over, and likely they won't cover. Georgia's going to get to around 40 or 41 in this game. I feel pretty confident in saying that. So if they get to 17, you're right in that 23, 24-point window where you need to be to cover it. But I think Georgia keeps Florida to 13 or less in this game, a touchdown, two field goals. And without the benefit of Georgia turning the ball over, Florida won't have many opportunities because Georgia's going to hold on to the ball more than enough. But again, I I would back Georgia here, lay the 22 and a half. I know all the the talk about, oh, this is such a big spread. It's the third highest spread in the cocktail party in its existence. Georgia's just flat out a much better team. Billy Napier is doing a a good job at starting to rebuild foundational pieces at Florida, but it's not going to make a difference in this game. Yep, absolutely. Florida was able to get out of the gates very strong with that win against Utah. Since then, things have been a little bit more up and down for them, so we shall see what happens there. And you mentioned that other defense that Florida has seen, and that would be Kentucky, as they're going to be on the road going up against Tennessee, a very high-octane offense with this line sitting right around 12. Total on this game is 61. I think it's all about whether or not Kentucky can just slow this game down and be able to make it a little bit more defense-oriented because Kentucky, they've got one of the better defenses that you're going to find in all of college football, which is why I do think that is correct that this total shifted down a little bit. It opened up at 63, and I think that Kentucky is going to be able to do a little bit, provide a speed bump for the Tennessee offense, and if I'm looking anywhere, I'm looking under. Yeah, well, look, Kentucky comes into this game with the number nine scoring defense in the country and riding a 3-0 ATS streak against AP-ranked opponents this season. So Mark Stoops, the head coach of Kentucky, lives for these spots. He loves to be the spoiler. But the real storyline, as you talk about, Greg, with the Tennessee offense versus the Kentucky defense, here's the storyline we're not talking enough again about. Will Levis, the quarterback of Kentucky, against this awful, awful, awful Tennessee pass defense. Just for some comparisons, the aforementioned Anthony Richardson, who only threw for more than 200 yards twice this season, one of those games came against Tennessee when he threw for 457. Jaden Daniels, who threw for 80 yards in an SEC game once for LSU, threw for 300 against this Tennessee defense. Will Levis should have a very, very good day. And while Hendon Hooker is getting talk for Heisman consideration, Will Levis is getting talk for the number one overall pick in next spring's draft. That's how good Will Levis is. I think This is an offense for Kentucky that's top 10 in the nation in passing efficiency because of Will Levis' play. Combine that with the Wildcats' defense. If Kentucky can keep Tennessee in the mid to low 30s, where I truly believe they can, absolutely can cover this number. And this defense for Tennessee is problematic. They're going to get got by somebody because they can't stop the pass. Although Tennessee is very good against the run, I expect Kentucky to have their uh, their way offensively against this Tennessee defense and keep this thing close. Yep, even when Tennessee had their big upset over Alabama. Certainly was not the SEC that we've seen in the past with the way that that final score was looking as well. And this is the biggest total that we're finding on the board, and I think that this one is very much warranted. USC and Arizona. Arizona, about a 15 to a 15 and a half point underdog. Totals went to about 76 and a half. And typically when I see high totals like this, it's like, man, numbers gotten up a little bit too high. I don't feel like that at all. I think that this is very warranted. USC has been a machine on offense and Arizona has been pretty much a turn style on defense. This is a game where I could see USC being able to get to 49 plus points, putting up seven plus touchdowns. And I think that there's going to be no defense to speak of in this game. Probably right. Um, look, the Trojans have been pushed to the limit two of their three road games this year. So situationally, this looks like a good spot to back Arizona. But the Arizona Wildcats have the worst defense 
in the Pac-12. They give up 528 yards per game. And this includes, by the way, 223 yards a game on the ground, Greg. So Travis Dye, the running back from USC, should have a chance to have a big game. But that's not really what Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams do. Now, USC has benefited from the turnovers all year long. Helped them survive a three-point win over Oregon State and allowed them to keep the Utah game a one-touchdown lead very late in the game. Obviously, Utah comes back and wins with a two-point conversion. But that said, Jaden Delora, the quarterback for Arizona, been bitten by the interception bug a little bit this year. In his three games without a pick, though, the Wildcats score 37.6 points a game. That drops 10 points when he throws an interception. That'll be key for Arizona not to turn the football over. But in this shootout here that we're talking about, where I believe with you that it goes over this 76, why would you lay this many points in a shootout-type game? You're asking the, the USC defense, which can be had and has been had at certain points in this season, to not let this Arizona team get into the 30s. I find it hard to believe. So two touchdowns, 15 and a half in this line. A little too thick for my blood. I'll back Arizona on the line, but I'm with you, Greg. Take, take the over the total. Yep, I don't think that there's going to be a lot of defense played by either side in this one, so we are in agreement on that one, and I think that this is a fascinating spot as well. It's UCLA. They're coming off of taking their first loss of the season. Now they're going to be playing also a Sanford team that they've really been able to get things back online a little bit more. That win against Notre Dame was very solid for them. We're finding UCLA currently a 16 to a 16.5 point favorite. We have seen the shall we say, less than terrific fan support that they've been able to get, though it's been actually a very good season for UCLA thus far. Where do you stand? Because I do think that it's an intriguing one from a scheduling spot for really both of these teams. It does, and, and a lot of people would look at this spot and say UCLA is set up for a letdown. I would tell you the exact opposite. They had the perfect opponent to bounce back here. This is my best bet, biggest play of the week is UCLA minus 16 and a half. The Cardinal offense is in the bottom of the Pac-12 in points and yards. Their defense is in the same situation in conference play. Second to last in points allowed, third to last in yards allowed, and second to last in rushing yards allowed, which means Zach Charbonnet, the running back for UCLA, should have a very good day. You're still talking about a quarterback for UCLA and Dorian Thompson-Robinson that's completing 75% of his his passes and an offense that converts nearly 57% of their third down conversions. UCLA is undefeated at home. They're averaging 40 points per game in conference play. They should roll in this one. I would be wary of the backdoor being open late here for a possible backdoor cover by Stanford because they still have some legitimate players on offense, including their quarterback, Travis McKee. But nonetheless, this is a perfect spot for UCLA to bounce back against a very weak Stanford team. Love the Bruins minus 16 and a half this week. Yep, I agree. I think that the Stanford win over Notre Dame said a little bit more about Notre Dame than anything yeah. else. And Mark, you do an absolutely amazing job taking a look at the game of football over there at Pixwise. Always appreciate the time. Thank you. Thank you, Greg. And we're going to be continuing the football chatter going next as Eli Hershkovich of the Lions joins me right here on the Greg Peters at Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought 
in that moment, oh my god, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the sports betting network. The basketball season tipped off last week, and so did the basketball promotions on Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the place to go for the latest odds, lines, and unique promotions like our weekly same game parlays. Play three or more same game parlays in a week to receive a free $10 basketball bet during the months of October and November. Go to BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app today, as it is a whole new game. We're back here on the Great Peterson Experience on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Joined now by Eli Hershkovich, does tremendous work over at the lines. And Eli, it is a pleasure to have you aboard, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, good to talk to you, Greg. Just finished up my college basketball top 25 power ratings before I came on. So that's essentially my coffee before this show. Absolutely. I love it. And we're going to be getting going Monday, November 7th. That is going to be tremendous. I don't know if Mississippi Valley State and Baylor is going to be tremendous, but just getting those teams back out there on the floor. I'm very much looking forward to that, and I'm very much looking forward to what we're going to be getting this week in the NFL. And just want to get your general thoughts on what we did see on Thursday Night Football. I personally backed the Baltimore Ravens just because, well, I faded a 45-year-old quarterback, which if it wasn't for the name Tom Brady, it would sound very, very simple. But just give me your thoughts because what I think is really intriguing right now is taking a look at this NFC South, and it's right now for a college basketball term looking like the 16th seed in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The Saints somehow still have a shot to win this division. I know I know a lot of people that had Saints futures to win this to win the NFC South going back to yep. the offseason and preseason. But 
With the Ravens in particular, I know you hit on the Bucs and good call by you, Greg. Vegas knows, right? A lot of sharp money coming in on the Bucs and people talk about the term Vegas knows and we saw it in the first half on Twitter a ton, but the Ravens run game took over in the second half. The Ravens offensive coordinator also decided to wake up after some blown leads in the second halves of some of these tough Baltimore losses in the first six, seven weeks of the season. But I was really impressed with Baltimore, especially with their rushing attack and no Bateman, no Andrews, Lamar Jackson gets it done. If they get healthier down the stretch here, I, I mentioned to you a few weeks ago that they're my only Super Bowl futures bet. I still think the Ravens have a shot to be the dark horse in the AFC. Yep, I totally agree with you. And I was talking about that a little bit in segment number one. Clearly, they're not quite as good as the Buffalo Bills as of right now, but it's going to matter how they're going to be playing in early January slash very early February as postseason rolls along as well. And I do think that there's a lot of upside there, and I do think that they're able to get some of their players healthy, especially on the ground, that would be able to help them out quite a bit. And when it comes to this spot, I do think that it's intriguing because we were taking a look at the AFC in general, and the AFC South is a very fascinating conference right now as you've got the Titans that are on top of it and they're a two-and-a-half-point road favorite against the Houston Texans, a Texans team that I think that they have fought very hard, but they're a little bit outgunned right now. When the Texans are catching big points, I think that there's a little bit of value on them. Two-and-a-half for me is just too short to be taking a look at the underdog, though. I don't know if you agree slash disagree, but I would need more to be able to side with the Texans. Yeah, no, it's a good point, Greg. How I'm looking at this game, Ryan Tannehill was probably more questionable than he was later in the week. And today, more importantly, he was limited in practice. Titans quarterback got banged up in the Colts game last week. So assuming he does play, this line was sitting three, three and a half earlier in the week. And then the Tannehill rumors started to come out. And with Willis, potentially the rookie quarterback coming in and, and playing for Tennessee under center, money came in on the Texans. And like you said, they've been a, a trendy underdog throughout the season, even though they only have one win to show for it. But even if Tannehill does play in this game, and with that being said, again, I think it's going to go back to three, three and a half if he's listed as questionable, but the questionable tag seemingly means he's going to play. I think Houston is live in this game to keep this thing within a possession, within a field goal. If they can establish Damian Pierce on the run, the Titans have a above average rushing defense, but overall this Tennessee, this Tennessee team is so flawed second to last in total in in net yards per play so offensively they only run through derrick henry when he can't get going this passing attack is very limited the receiving core is very limited Traylon burks the rookie wide receiver is on injured reserve and then going back to houston this titan secondary is very exposable now it's tough to back davis mills but he typically plays better at home and this is still an efficient ish again keyword ish or phrase-ish, uh, Texans passing offense. So I think Houston could keep this thing within a field goal. Maybe you tease them up to eight, eight and a half if it doesn't go back up because of the Tannehill status. But I think the Texans are still able to hang with a, a, t- a fraudulent Titans team. And let's take a look at another team out there in the AFC South that has a chance at this division. It is Sam Ellinger, who's going to be getting the start for the Colts against the Commanders. And as a result, not surprising, we've seen quite a move on this game to the Colts now being a three-point favorite after they were on the look at line being more like a six-point favorite total on this game and has fallen as well as a right around a 39.5 to a 40. I personally have done absolutely nothing with this game because I have no idea whatsoever what we're going to be able to get out of Ellinger. Meanwhile, for the Commanders, I would say that having Carson Wentz not out there on the field, ironically enough, has been a little bit of an upgrade for them. 
do you have any sort of a read on this game? Because this is one that I pretty much sharpied on. I said, I want to see how the Colts look this week before I fire in on them slash fade them. No, it's a good point. And it kind of feels like the beginning of this college basketball season, but because it is going to be a gross game. But you mentioned Sam Ellinger. So let's start with the look ahead line that you brought up. Colts were favored by five and a half. Then it's sitting at four, four and a half on Monday, probably closer to four because some Washington money came in. And then the news is announced that Matt Ryan is benched because of the shoulder injury. I think that that played into his performance, even though he didn't hasn't played great all season, still misplayed and, and wasn't super efficient last week at the Titans. But Ellinger is much more efficient, speaking of efficiency, at getting outside the pocket than Matt Ryan is, an old aging veteran quarterback. I know we haven't seen Ellinger play any meaningful snaps, but he still is a mobile quarterback going back to his days at Texas. And because of the way this Colts offensive line is performing, coupled with the fact that the Washington pass rush, this commander's pass rush is top five in pressure rate. They blitz a lot. Ellinger is going to have to make plays on the, on the move. And this Washington secondary is also very susceptible. So if Ellinger is able to get outside the pocket and make some plays, I think Indy's going to be able to put up some points in this game. And then on the other side of the ball, the reason the commanders have had success over the last couple of weeks, number one, they got lucky against the bears. The bears had two drives inside the, the 10 yard line didn't score in the first half of that game. The Packers, Aaron Rodgers was banged up at the receiving core is banged up. We'll talk about Packers bills in a bit, but I think the commanders have gotten fortunate. And if they can't run the ball and this Indy defense is top 10 in terms of a bunch of advanced metrics against the run, I think a lot of pressure is going to be on Heineke and his CPOE completion percentage over expected is not great. So you factor in a negative game score potentially for Washington. I, I bet Indy minus two when this thing was adjusted down early. And if it goes back to two and a half, I would advise betting it. Yep, I do think that at three, it is a little bit more tricky. And you bring up the injury. Visa.com slash subscribe for all of our pro tips. Keep in mind with this Utah game that's going on right now. In college, you don't have as much of an injury report, unlike in the NFL, where it makes it very convenient. So try to track as many Twitter follows as well. And that's going to be big for college basketball as well, because when it comes to college sports in general, boy, it's always tough to track all of those injuries. And Typically, if you saw this sort of line, you'd think, oh, Aaron Rodgers is probably out of the fold for the Green Bay Packers. No, Aaron Rodgers, just an 11-point underdog here against the (laughs) Buffalo Bills. And I have been fading the Packers a lot this year. Fade them against both of the New York teams. Faded them once again last week. It was coming through very, very well. I think we've finally gotten the buy point here for the Green Bay Packers. I recognize that this Buffalo Bills team is a total wagon, but I think 11 is just a little bit too lofty here. I agree with you from a number standpoint, Greg. Typically, this would be your buy low spot. And I don't want to say sell high because the Bills, like you mentioned, are probably the best team in the NFL defensively. You know, they a lot of teams can get exposed nowadays, but offensively, they're very explosive. Josh Allen is super efficient outside the pocket. Talk about efficiency a lot with quarterbacks. Sam Ellinger, probably not so much. Taylor Heineke, not so much. Josh Allen, very much so. But the Packers receiving core is still very banged up. You're likely not going to get Allen Lazard. Christian Watson, maybe. Sammy Watkins, maybe. And this offensive line without David Bakhtiari can't protect a soul. Even with Aaron Rodgers typically being very very uh, prone to making big plays outside of the pocket on the move because of this Packers receiving core. He really can't do so. And then you factor in the thumb injury on top of it. I kind of like if you're going to go with the Packers angle, granted, I haven't bet anything, 
but I kind of like Packers first half because if the Bills try to run it too much and this Packers run D is very vulnerable, bottoms are dead last in the NFL over the last two seasons in terms of uh, opponents rushing EPA. So maybe the Bills try to get run happy and don't utilize their best offensive weapon, which is Josh Allen and this, this Bills passing attack. But I think come the second half, Buffalo is able to break away and, and win this game by two, three possessions. So I get it from a number standpoint. I get the buy low angle, but I'm not there with Green Bay. Yeah, Ben, for the Packers as well. You're going to need the defense to be able to step up quite a bit. But Eli, we always know that you step up. Always appreciate you joining me. Thank you. No problem. Have a great rest of the show, Greg. Always appreciate Eli joining me. And in hour number two, going to be looking at my Circa Millions card for this week here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.